George Steinbrenner bought the New York Yankees in the winter of his 42nd year. Over the next four decades, the Yankees would win seven World Series titles. His early years were defined by his tumultuous professional relationship with an equally obstinate Billy Martin. Billy, you're fired. Why? You're just going to hire me again. I know, but I can't hire you again unless I fire you first. You had to hire me before you could fire me. That's why it didn't work out the first time. George paid his players handsomely and placed an emphasis on fielding winning teams at all costs. He was the most hated man in baseball. Brian Cashman became general manager of the Yankees in 1998, in doing so becoming the second youngest GM in the league's history. The wonderkin enamored Steinbrenner with his clever use of resources. George? What is it? I need $200 million. Well, write yourself a check. George loved him like one of his own children, which is to say, not much. Hal Steinbrenner, George's youngest son, became the team's controlling owner in 2008 and inherited the team in full when his father passed in 2010. He swore to carry on his father's legacy, albeit with less emphasis on winning and spending a lot of money. We know things didn't go great out there this season, but we think it was more about attitude than anything. Do you believe the players in the field played any part in that? They didn't have great attitudes either. He was generally unpopular. Aaron Boone became manager of the Yankees in 2018. He had no previous managerial experience. He was, however, an artist in the medium of tantrums. You shit licker. Either you can get just piss on my balls and tell me it's cum. My guys are fucking professionals. You think they don't know the difference? He was a five-time winner of Bronx Monthly's Rant of the Year Award. The award, a plaster mold of the recipient's middle finger, is presented annually by the John McEnroe Foundation, who now has, quite literally, a handful of these awards. He would sometimes dream of placing rings on each of them. These guys are such fucking savages, even Rudyard Kipling would think we're racist. He was also unusually well-read. In fact, virtually all traces of Yankee success had been erased by over a decade of buffoonery, indifference, and general incompetence. And yet they carry on, same as they ever were to this day. So I guess to start the discussion of fall and sort of go over something we've talked about for a while now, why would a player want to play for the Yankees? I, I feel like the, the the allure of like favorite team when you're growing up is completely gone now, right? Because everybody's like 19. People use football as the example of a, a truly national game where it's you're not watching football games on local channels. Mm-hmm. In baseball, you still have the local channels, but it it's the era of the internet. You can watch any team at any time, any player. So the idea of people being super beholden to specific teams growing up when you're an aspiring player and want to emulate certain players more than teams does take away some of that loyalty. Like you're not just watching the same team all the time, which even until the you know 90s and even early 2000s, really, is what people were doing. So that sort of stranglehold, um, if not sort of firm grip because you had the Braves, you had the Cubs, these other teams that were really buoyed by uh, national networks giving local teams coverage, really. You don't get that as much anymore. And the idea of, oh, I grew up a Yankees fan. 
that's just sort of like it's the baseball equivalent of saying uh, I majored in communications. Got got to say something. Got to have a favorite. My my favorite movie, Shawshank Redemption. Breaking Bad, best TV show of all time. Favorite food, favorite team, the Yankees. And it's not just in the, the, oh, pick the best, pick the winner sense, but it's really just almost a placeholder opinion. And I think that is sort of what it is for a lot of people where they say they're Yankees fans, but they're really just sort of baseball fans or disconnected when they do watch, they want to watch the Yankees. And those people don't exist in the same capacity. I mean, they do. They're older now, but we're sort of moving away from that. Well, and they also <laughs> they also aren't baseball players, like people that have that mindset, right? That's the real discussion. It's people talk about wanting to play for a team the same as wanting to be a fan of a team. And what pull do the Yankees have? You don't get as much money anymore. Steve mm-hmm. Cohen is going to beat you there. So if you want to play in New York and make the most money, you're not picking the Yankees. It, it comes down to that. It's like, oh, LOL Mets. Players don't subscribe to that. Maybe sort of mimetically, but when it comes time to make like a long-term financial decision, they're not going, well, people make fun of the Mets on the internet. I guess I won't take $500 million from them. Yeah, and even beyond that, sort of it is, as far as New York teams go, a more relaxed one. You're not going to get death threats, really. I mean, you probably will. Every team does it, but the degree to which it's sort of tolerated and even sort of tacitly condoned by the Yankees organization is not great. Yeah, like the New York Post isn't spending the amount of time on the Mets as they like. Obviously, they do talk about the Mets, but but the New York Post talks about the Yankees, and the New York Post is a publication riling people up to the level of we should string Gary Sanchez up upside down on Fifth Avenue. Yeah, we should murder Isaiah kind of Falefa's entire family. That type of thing. It's just the people don't care about the Mets in that way at this point. I was in New York. <laughs> I was in New York last week just for like 24 hours. And we were in Manhattan and they had a bunch of posters still up. And, you know, they, they threw a Mod Podge billboards up all over the place. And they had this one that I remember seeing this summer that was Judge in the center, Garrett Cole on the right. And Giancarlo Stanton on the left with, you know, like ticket packages from 199. And I saw multiple ones <laughs> that had Giancarlo Stanton's face like scratched out angrily. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, who's doing that? <laughs> like, what psychopath is like, oh, got to pull, uh, got to get off at this stop so that I can uh, destroy this effigy of, of Giancarlo Stanton? Sort of a, it's, it's the last sort of bastion of team fandom as performance art. Like yes. the people who would bring drums to games. We don't get those people anymore. So you got to do it on a, on social media or by defacing something for social media. This is, this is your way of being the uh, modern howling, howling Hildas. <laughs> so it's even just beyond like, you know, oh, you could play for the Mets. Yeah, I'm a Mets fan. Please, please play for my team instead. Uh, but it it's sort of just beyond that. Oh, legacy. Like, oh, yeah. You get to uh, uh, play in the shadow of all these players you'll never be as respected as. You'll just perpetually be compared to guys from other eras who put up stats that are essentially unreplicatable. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I hope, <laughs> I hope you don't have a favorite number you like to wear because it probably doesn't exist. It would be one thing if they were cool and let you put emojis on the back of the jersey. You know, it's in, in acknowledgement that we retired every number. Uh, no, you're stuck with the rookie numbers, all of you. It's also something, too, something that I kept thinking when we were talking about this is, like, 
the legacy thing, that just doesn't matter. Like, one, the legacy hasn't existed in 20 years, and 20 years might as well have been ancient history at this point. Yeah, baseball, like everything else, is speeding up at a rate that time is not necessarily feeling linear at this point. Right. The distance we are so between, past giving yeah. a shit about what happened in the 90s anymore. The 90s are, are closer to you know, the sixties than they are now in, in terms of cultural, social, political movement. It's an entirely different thing. And I guess for some people, the idea of being held up alongside all these Yankee greats is one thing, but the vast majority of people are not that. And for the superstars for whom that might actually apply, if the Yankees are not giving you as much money as other teams, then that doesn't compensate for it. It's a thing you sell yourself on when you're already convinced to make a decision like you're already convinced to buy this Porsche and you go, well, the cup holders are really nice as that yes. one little thing to justify the decision when you already know you're going to do it anyway. I don't believe in any sense that players are signing with the Yankees because of that legacy thing. It's the thing you say at the press conference to pander to the fans and, and that's it. Something that, that came up with the Yamamoto signing too is that rumor that like, they like kind of coddle their their guys to the point that they're like, oh, we didn't want to offer Yamamoto more money than Garrett Cole because we wanted Garrett Cole to be the highest paid player. And it's like the, the, one that just seems like a sorry excuse, right? Like Cole would like, say, I don't care. Get who, yeah, him. Cole doesn't give a fucking shit. It's what, $20 million difference? Who cares? Yeah, there there have been guys who cared and they are like Alex Rodriguez. It's a level of psychopathy that is even for like superstar athletes is a, a level beyond what you could reasonably expect to see. Uh, I don't believe for a second that Garrett Cole would say anything other than, yeah, I don't fucking care. Give him the money. Give him 350. Like, I don't give a shit. Give him the yeah. opening day start. I want to win. That's why you sign with the Yankees. You get a lot of money and you're expected to win. So the idea that like, if anything, if I was Garrett Cole, I would be furious as if they were laying it at my feet that he didn't sign. You know, it's going to be really funny, and this is a real test of this. Like, this could be a good uh, wide strike zone hat at first. Is Soto going to stay with the Yankees? Uh, no. Why Why would he want to? Why would he? This is, I, I guess this is the broader point of this discussion. Why would someone want to stay with the Yankees? I think that's a question that just doesn't get asked when it really should. It is sort of the defining question of any major league team. Why would a player want to stay with them? There are different environments. Like I can legitimately see why players would want to play for the twins or, you know, the Cardinals, et cetera. Like maybe you do like, you know, a more relaxed environment. You like it competitive, but you don't like the city to be that hectic, et cetera. The Yankees have slowly whittled away their demographic of player. The type of player who says, I want to be a Yankee both due to their own decisions, many of which are bad and stupid, and good decisions of other teams. Uh, those other teams, you know, are fairly obvious which ones they are, which ones would be sort of encroaching this territory from the Yankees. But they're doing it. Uh, they're doing it like civilization, just expanding territory. Yep. And the Yankees aren't doing anything to stop it, really. A really great example, like one that, whenever that happened three, four years ago, but like... When Mike Trout signed his huge deal with the Angels and pretty much decided that he would be a Los Angeles Angel for life until they trade him, like that was the one where it's like, oh, the Yankees have completely lost the plot. Yeah. Like that is a guy who, if Mike Trout existed in the 90s, the Yankees would have done whatever they could to get him. 
He would love to be in New York. And he would love to be in New York, exactly. Go to Jersey, get the Wawa. Quick ride down to Philly. No one would notice him on the train. No one would notice him on the street. You know, he looks like every other New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. He could just dress up as a cop and be completely incognito. and No one would notice. He, yeah, he would be a, a perfect entry into the player that looks like the fan base. Uh, oh, yeah, Mike Trout. Uh, Mike Trout is late for the game because he was uh, in his NYPD getup uh, playing on his phone by the turnstiles. Uh, <laughs> Harassing yeah. teens for, yeah, for fair hoverboarding hopping. and fair hopping. The Yankees, yeah. The state of New York paying Mike Trout $400 million a year to uh, to play on his phone. Just, what if we took the NYPD budget and gave it to Mike Trout? He's just like every cop distilled. Just knowing he's there would stop crime. They <laughs> The petty criminals quake in fear at his wide neck. <laughs> it's so powerful. <laughs> oh man, that is very <laughs> like that that was something that came up in the in the dumb online baseball world this week is is classic vintage baseball style discussion of uh the reason Mickey Mantle could hit six hundred fifty foot home runs is because he was like hucking hay bales around in the off season. Oh yeah. Which is just style. an amazing amazing take because like obviously that's the thing that made his career end early. But I love <laughs> the modern take of that is <laughs> is Mike Trout working the off season as an NYPD cop and that's the reason that he I, I don't just, know. Yeah, just a you know knee injury from trying to hop a turnstile chasing after a teen on a skateboard. Back injury because he didn't adjust the seat in his cruiser <laughs> before falling asleep in it. Yeah, the new Ford Escapes are so uh, are so uncomfortable that he strained his back. Neck injury because he tried to uh, you know run a red, uh, right on red. He was cat. He was cat calling a woman and blew out his back whistling. <laughs> cat calling a woman and bonked his head on a pole <laughs> as he was driving by. Just... <laughs> Out for the season. Classic slapstick 40s injuries. This could have been your life, Mike. Salia, and yet, Mike Trout saw that life and said, nah, which is the failure of the New York Yankees. There is no greater perceptive discrepancy in modern professional sports than that of the Yankees in the collective imagination and the Yankees of our present reality. They remain in the hearts of the general, casually interested public, the evil empire of baseball. And Star Wars is a fine parallel. They are no longer Emperor Palpatine, face of evil burned into a perpetual smirk. They are J.J. Abrams himself, cynical opportunists who demonstrate too big to fail is but a challenge to overcome. They are dying slowly and silently, the way a beloved actor will go, prompting a chorus of I didn't even know he was sick. But to those around them, the signs are all there. Like a king or queen, it behooves the media to look the other way, to ignore the rapid weight loss or droplets of blood hocked into a dinner napkin in favor of affording greatness the dignity to go in peace. That supposes, of course, there's greatness remaining. By our count, the last traces of it vanished years ago. And we will have front row seats at the funeral. So we sort of talked about what reasons people would have to want to be Yankees. And it's certainly not the reasons that, uh, you know, the fans espouse, the Yankees, you know, water carrying media espouses, even sort of the Yankees themselves espouse. But just looking sort of statistically, 
uh, I think the biggest reason anyone would want to be a Yankee is you can basically cheat with impunity. Yep. We will get around to the Houston Astros at some point. Uh, we will not be taking the same track as most people probably, in large part because uh, the Houston Astros were largely railroaded, uh, no pun intended, on their stadium to cover up the um, some of the more blatant transgressions of the more famous and marketable teams. And Yeah, they, they were the fall guys. They were, quite literally. It, it helps when the fall guy, the reason someone's chosen a, as a fall guy in the first place is generally they're the most annoying asshole who no one else likes. And that more than applies to the Jeff Luno Astros. But in terms of sort of brazen disregard for any good standing, the Yankees of the late 2010s should have all of their records revoked. I mean, something that's been well-tread is, like, even just the past year was during the Aaron Judge fake record home run race that he was Mm -hmm. on. There's all but confirmed that he was getting, like, ping-pong balls thrown to him. Yeah, different baseballs, balls that uh, only appeared in Yankee games in September, which, you know what? Fine, don't care. If you want to do that, you know, go for it. Uh, rig the game as much as you want. Get your publicity and, and all that shit. But it's more so just when it spreads to the guys who aren't good. And it, we highly encourage everyone to look at the, just look at the baseball reference page for the 2019 Yankees. And look at some of the numbers those guys were putting up. If you because... simply sort by OPS plus, it's fucking insane. A, a who's who of who's who's all better than league average hitters, many of them to a significant degree. Yet the Yankees have never seemed to actually develop any good players of their own since, I don't know, Robinson Cano? Like, is there a, a true... Aaron Judge, I suppose, but I feel like I, yeah. Judge, Judge is just such an outlier. It's hard to say they developed him, really. It's like saying the Angels developed Mike Trout. When right. someone is that good, it doesn't feel like it's the team's result. It feels like it's sort of a gift from God fell in their lap. When a team is consistently cranking out, like, good, above-average players, and there are plenty of teams who do that, that's when you sort of give credit to the team. Like, I, I wouldn't give credit to the, the Yankees for Aaron Judge the same way I wouldn't give the Mets credit for Jacob deGrom mm-hmm. or the Angels for Trout or even Otani. Um, edit that out. I'm sick of talking about fucking yeah. Otani. Uh, persona right. non grata going forward. No more Otani. He who shall but, not be named. Fuck him. But the the Yankees have essentially developed no players of note over the past decade. Uh, they had this whole wave of prospects who were supposed to be great, the baby bombers who flamed out. Mm-hmm. Their pitching, their vaunted pitching has led to uh, guys who are great relievers for two years before they explode, which is really no different than what the, you know, Rays, Brewers, et cetera, do. Like, plenty yep. of teams can do that. I I don't what, think the Yankees are actually good at anything. I think What's it's, interesting, too, is, like, when you when you look at these, like, random outlier seasons from these guys too like we should name some of them like the oh yeah you've got the page up i'm sure let's let's go through uh 
curated list of of guys who just put together the the best season of their career in 2019 on the Yankees. So the top three on the 2019 New York Yankees, the year that baseball broke, the year that... 2019 was the ultimate confluence of the juiced ball and sticky stuff for pitchers. Right. Okay, so the top three on the Yankees, weird, but like sort of makes sense. You've got DJ LeMahieu, fine. He was... He was Good player. Aaron Judge makes perfect sense. Brett Gardner, a little weird, but also, you know, that's the kind of guy that can have a... He's never been, like, bad, right? Great defender, gets boosted a lot, by the way. Baseball uh, baseball reference does defensive metrics. All right, you don't have baseball reference up? I, I mean, I'm letting you take this for a ride. Okay. But I want you... To, you can take three guesses as to who the fourth best player on the New York Yankees was in 2019. I feel like... You know, in the spirit of it, because, again, I'm a gamer and I try to metagame it just by going mm-hmm. the most random ones I never get. But I'll try to sort of mix that between odd ones. And, like, my first thought, you know, just from a pure legitimate guess would be Glaber Torres. I feel like he had a pretty uh, good year. He's he's up there. He, he's actually number seven. So okay. not far off. It, it, this is just position. Play. They, they've got they've got pitchers on here, but the top the top seven are all position. Is, is it a Mike Talkman? It is Mike fucking Talkman. Let's go. <laughs> Michael Talkman that. in 2019 had a 128 OPS, 865, uh, uh, 128 OPS plus, 865 OPS. Um, looking at his entire career, he put up 2.5 war in. No, he put up 4.0 war in, in uh, 2019. He has a 5.5 for his career. He had a 128, 90% of his war in one year, 80% of his war. Okay, he had a 128 OPS plus. Guess in his career, his uh, second highest season-long OPS plus. 101. (laughs) No, so far off. 84. (laughs) (laughs) So not even just an average hitter who really went off, a legitimately bad hitter. Uh, Gio Urshela. 133 OPS plus. Sure. Uh, he had <laughs> he had 50% of his career war in that year. Now he's like kicking rocks in Los Angeles. Uh, Glaber Torres was up there. And then we get into the pitcher realm where they had a bunch of middle relievers. And... But suffice to say that this is the kind of thing that in a, the court of law would constitute probable cause. Yes. Like this baseball reference page should qualify for a search warrant for Yankees email chains. And we're calling for it. We are. Wide Strikes Don't Had It First when this invariably comes out in a few years when Cameron Mabin says, Oh, yeah, you know, of course we were. We had an even better sign stealing system than the Astros did. How many Yankees uh, front office guys are going to wind up on the Epstein list, do you think? Oh, my God. How many Yankees players? I mean, this this could be a teaser for the next episode, but I think we're doing an A-Rod episode. Oh, my God. The odds are high. With the, like, can't develop or draft players thing, what's so interesting is, like, the when you think of, like, the juggernaut Yankees um, teams of the 90s, early 2000s, like their whole deal was they were good at developing players and that meant that when they went out and spent 
they were adding, you know, those final two or three pieces in exactly, yeah. A Rod in Gary Sheffield, whoever. Um, but that just makes it so much weirder now that like they still have such a high payroll, and they are also like getting these weird anomaly seasons from guys. You know, like it 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 just doesn't make the only thing that makes sense is that there's something fishy going on and that the league is tipping the scales so that the Yankees stay a viably uh important organization. Yeah, but it's just so strange that it's it's shifted so much like that, right? Yeah. It's to keep them from becoming the Mets, essentially. Right? Yeah, they can't have two teams like that in New York. The NFL disagrees, but anyway. This is sort of what we mean about them dying a slow death, where this is all right in front of everyone who who wants to look. And if you just sort of go back a few years and look at sort of the hallmarks of a quality, healthy organization, consistent development of players, efficient free agent signings, uh, normal statistics that suggest being somewhat on the level and and not carried by by cheating to, you know, to the Astros credit. They kept winning. The Yankees that, sure didn't. Yes. The Yankees, one of a few other teams, along with the Red Sox, uh, in addition to the Astros, who were credibly not even accused, sort of somewhat confirmed to be skirting the rules and and going against the system. And the Astros kept on winning. The Yankees sure didn't. The Yankees have, Under the most scrutiny. Yeah, exactly. They've fizzled out in a way that would really sort of confirmed suspicions of anyone who was actually looking because if the Astros had done what the Yankees did. They would never live it down. No. And the Yankees have gotten off essentially scot-free for doing so. At the and same it, time, it's, at the same time, it's hard to be too mad about it because they suck and haven't done anything. They'll win, you know, 99 games getting carried by, you know, a division or, um, sorry, let me start that again. Yeah, yeah. They'll win 99 to 100 games getting carried by a league where, you know, half of the teams aren't even trying. Mm-hmm. And as soon as as soon as the Orioles are semi-competent, uh, you know, they're down to 82 wins a year. I think, too, like, more than half of almost all of the reason why, like, people are so insufferable about the Astros is because they have kept... They've kept winning, even after getting caught. You know, I mean, they when when did they get caught? Twenty seventeen, right? It was twenty nineteen. It was the twenty seventeen World Series. It, it was, was the twenty seventeen. Yeah, and and then they've just kept being one of the best teams in baseball, which it, it's sort of like it's it's reminiscent of how people talk about Barry Bonds. You know, yeah, where it's like maybe he was cheating, but he was still the fucking best. You know, he was the best at cheating. Like the Yankees are cheating and they suck. <laughs> yeah. Or they've stopped cheating and it sort of proves that they were never good. They were never right. an aspirational, you know, super team megalith of baseball that is worthy of the prestige and respect that is somewhat inherently bestowed upon them. But it, they haven't been that team in over a decade, maybe longer. I don't even know if you count the 2009 World Series as part of some grander, you know, run. Or just no, one sort of final, you know, dying flash of DMT in a in a body that's, you know, shutting off. The Yankees 2009 
World Series win is closer to the Kansas City Royals World Series win than any, you know, Astros or whoever win of this of this millennium. The Yankees, you've heard it here, folks. The Yankees are closer to the Royals than the Astros. But that's not actually a joke. We've not yeah, literally we, not joking. We believe that. Maybe if, if the, the Yankees Roy- uh, if the Royals had Yankees money, they would be so much better than the Yankees. Not even yeah. Oh yeah. But let's be honest, if the Royals had Yankees money, they would just be putting up anti masturbation billboards all across the country. <laughs> money well spent. <laughs> same same player payroll billboard <laughs> billboard budget skyrocketed. Yeah, Royals announced we're we're gonna be scaling back our budget this year, and it just cuts to a guy knocking down billboards on I ninety five. They start a, a controversial partnership with Mizuno for a, a custom cup that serves as a chastity belt. <laughs> that does it for the Yankees. Uh, the next team we talk about is historically the antithesis to the Yankees and at present right there with them. We hope you'll join us for the following episodes. Stay safe in this new year of 2024. I know you never liked flowers, but death changes us, I suppose. Even in death, he could find something to complain about. Probably. He loved to complain. Is there anything he loved more than complaining? Jewelry. (laughs) I miss him. We all do. You know what I realized? He's been gone for over 13 years. I've spent more time running this team without him than with him. And I still wake up every day expecting a call. That sounds like it came out of a thesaurus for cursing. I read the hell out of that. You haven't already? (laughs) He'd be so disappointed in us. I don't know about that. But he'd want us to be disappointed in ourselves. Shit happens. No one bats a thousand. Even he seemed to think so sometimes. Uh, he'd be disappointed in the team, but I think, I hope, he's proud of us. We had a rough year, Dad. I've been out walking. I don't do too much talking these days. These days, these days I seem to think a lot. But the things that I forgot to do And all the times I had The child